Hello and welcome back to the Miss Amanda Chen Show. I've got some new episodes for the 100 Mass Men series where I anonymously interview men from all over the world to collect as many different perspectives on relationships and the role of masculinity. This week we deep dive into why some single guys stay single. And if you listened to the last episode, here's a different perspective behind another non-committal man. Mass man number 20 is the work in progress. He believes that for anything to be worth it, there needs to be a challenge, and you've got to struggle to get there. If it comes too easy, then there's a problem. I appreciate that he has such high expectations for himself and isn't blaming the woman he's with, but it's almost unachievable that he's literally given up on dating altogether and hasn't been with anyone for over two years. Out of sight, out of mind, right? The more guys I meet, the more I notice how fearful they are at starting relationships because we don't want to waste someone else's time. As noble as this man is as a work in progress, I kind of feel like he's missing out on some amazing relationships, but I'll let you be the judge of that. Let's get into it. So I'm Somali, born and raised Muslim, and for anybody listening to this who just heard those two things, it's like, okay, so you went to like the Friday prayers, you went to Juma, you went to like Duxi, which is our version of Sunday school, I guess, where you learn Arabic and the Quran and all that. It's uh, so relatively, again, it, it all depends on the person listening, but relatively uh, conservative upbringing, I suppose, if I had to label it somehow. And uh, what's it called? I guess like the, the masculine role model, obviously, was uh, my father. And honestly, I got I got most of my work ethic and and viewpoints on life uh, from him, or I got it from people teaching me Quran and whatnot. Because I don't think most people would get that sort of role model out, outside of the household, except for a few just amazing teachers. A lot of guys, or I don't say a lot. I don't want to generalize here, but uh, more than enough believe that. It's not supposed to be a journey. It's just, okay, that's the end goal. I think I'm there. And if I'm not, I'm kind of a failure. <laughs> partly the way I was raised or partly and partly because of like the country, Canada, I grew up in. It's the end goal stereotypically or ideally is a wife, more uh, stable, very stable income, more than enough for, I'm a millennial. So I'm going to say like, I'm not going to say a house. I'm going to say like a townhouse. So you're able to subsist for yourself, another person, a family, and as well as maybe one um, good hobby. But it's got to be like bonus points if, it, if it's like traditionally masculine, like you, you fix things up or whatever. Why is that desirable, you think, like to reach for? Because I think, I mean, especially now, it's a lot tougher to put yourself into that box. I think... When our parents' generation, when they were our age and dating and having relationships, everyone just followed the norm because that was all we knew. Whereas I think now we have like so much more information and we've seen so many other people's lives that there's almost too much information that now we're just confused, which I think is also dangerous. Yeah. I mean, that's probably why you see a lot of attention and whatnot going towards guys like Jordan Peterson and whatnot, where it's... I don't know. I mean, guidance is probably a big factor here in a sense where, again, I'm talking mostly from personal experience and also experiences of uh, guys I've, no I've known where there isn't really any legitimate guidance. So you're just kind of thrown to the wolves in a sense where whatever vague idea you had as a child and whatever you've seen 
as a teenager and a young adult is kind of what you aim for. So at a certain point, you're just like, okay, so money, a stable relationship, and one minimum, one thing I can do for myself. Like, that's kind of like the, the minimum I'm, I'm, I'm striving for a bit. And I don't know how to get there. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what I'm interested in. I don't really do a lot of self-exploration because who does that anyways? Don't you think that's like just settling so much? Like just one hobby? I've met, I've met I've met a lot of guys who don't have a hobby and they freak me out a little bit because it's just a question of what do you do when you're alone and you have nothing else to do like you have because I, I have enough things to do if I'm bored on a weekend and I have two free hours to myself there's a plethora of things I could probably do but I've met guys who like they, they don't they don't have anything it's terrifying we're taught to need to be busy and need to work hard in order to receive a payoff and to feel validated for the work that we're doing. Like if it isn't hard, then technically you don't deserve it. You know, and even in relationships, if something comes easy, you're just like, hmm, what's, what's, what's up with this? You know, like you're a little bit unsure. And same thing, if you get a job too quickly, you're just like, hmm, why? Why is this happening? Is it because, is this a trick? You know, is is there something wrong with the company? And that's why they hired me so fast. You know what I mean? Like, it's always this weird insecurity of like, if anything comes easy, there's a problem. We're so focused on making it hard, right? Yeah, honestly, the, the, that job part kind of hit me like a little too close to home. Really? I I don't know. I Like, it's like tangent where it's just like, I, I took a job and the job itself, for me at least, was, uh, what's it called? way too easy for the amount of money they're paying me so I, I felt a, a little bit guilty and i felt a little bit paranoid I was like i'm better than this let me look for another job and that job paid more considerably more difficult but why why does it need to be hard self-fulfillment maybe because even if you at least for me even I'm, even when i was getting paid uh this is a trade uh a job in a trade so it paid very well and I don't know, after about a week, after 40 hours or 40 plus hours straight, I absolutely hated it because within my first eight hour shift, I, I more or less mastered everything I'd be doing for the next three months. Like there was no real challenge. There was no real uh, push to get better unless they were trying to train me for a different position. But that, that was a whole other thing. And maybe that kind of goes towards what you're asking me uh uh asking before that as well in terms of why do we want a challenge real or artificially made um, maybe not the healthiest mindset for a relationship or for career choices or looking for a hobby but for me and for a number of people i believe looking for i'm gonna say some sort of struggle is important for mental health for feeling validated for like mastering her skill like that that feeling can't be eclipsed by much else in life at a point like there's supposed there should be some level of middle ground that you're not supposed to just you're not supposed to like work out till, till your body falls apart you're not supposed to take in information to a point where it, it's beyond redundant like this information is not going to help you this sort of education isn't going to assist you in your career you're just doing it almost for the sake of doing it or for some sort of 
again, artific- maybe artificial feeling of validation and mastery where it's, oh, cool, I struggled, I did this, it wasn't easy, and I got this out of it. Whether that matters to you on a spiritual, personal level is a whole other thing, and there's pr- maybe even like a religious angle to all of this, whether you're Muslim or Christian or Jewish, where struggle is a part of all those religions to a degree. What ideas did you get growing up about what it is to be a man that you hold really true and dear to your heart today? And which ones do you not agree with? I'd say, like, things I picked up were uh, were more mental health, where, where either that was never a reality, so it was never really discussed before. So just taking care of myself uh, uh, mentally was definitely important, something I had to learn, something I had to try uh try uh try to sorry try to like learn learn just enough about it to seek help when needed and things of that nature and the things i try to hold true to to now is self-sufficient to a point being able to defend yourself uh verbally from what's it called i've gotten to like a lot of discussions or arguments however you'd want to put it about uh my religion (laughs) or the way I view uh, life. So being able to like discuss that in a mature way. So being able to carry yourself in a proper manner was one thing that I was definitely raised with. So you're not supposed to be being foolish, ignorant and short-sighted is probably the worst things I could be in terms of the way I view life. It definitely wasn't uh, easy getting to that point because before it was either Kind of like what I said before, whereas borderline stereotypical, whereas, okay, cool, we'll grow up, go to school, get a job, you're done. Like, now, now you're a man. That's all. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're finished. No need to, like, continue learning or growing or expanding your viewpoint. Just 20, you got it. You're you're finished. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, did you get that? Did you, like, get the girl, get the house, get the job, and then realize, like, oh, shit, I'm only 25. What do I do now? Oh my God. That's so yeah. 20, 26. Okay. 26 got like, I didn't like, I'm not married right now. I'm, I'm single, but let's just say I got very close with somebody. I got very far in, in that to a point I was still in the trades. So money for me wasn't exactly this horrifying thing. Like, like I think even now, my my worst case scenario is just to go to like Boston and get a um, get like a trades job and just get and just like work for uh, work for forever. But yeah, like I, uh, at at a certain point where it's like this is this shouldn't be enough. This isn't enough, and I'm doing a disservice to probably the the person I'm dating. I don't know, like not to go to like crazy too much detail, but I'm pretty sure like a, a few guys can probably relate to this. Where uh, how how would I put it? You don't look at yourself enough in that scenario where like there's a moment you you're not worried about money all that much you're not too much you're not too worried about say immediate necessities you can probably look into the future for three four years and but only strictly in terms of finances and purchases in terms of a car loaning uh uh getting a townhouse or moving out or something like that but you can't see what you'll be doing differently in five to ten years where 
now I can look in, I can look into my mid to late thirties and I can kind of go, okay, cool. Yeah. So I should be doing this. I should be here. I should be aiming to make this sort of life change. I should be, uh, this, this, and this with like my loved ones or my family or, or something along those lines. But like at 26, when it's like, Hey, I have this person, I have this job, I have these opportunities where I'm trying to move up and nothing. I have, I can't see, there's like no, there's no introspection. I didn't realize how little introspection I did until I did at least like just a surface level. Interesting. And I think it's, do you think it's an age thing or like when comes the turning point, do you have to like reach all of those accomplishments and then once you're like at the top of the mountain, you're like, mm. or do you, is there like a breaking point? Honestly, I think it's exposure in terms of there's so many things I did in my early to mid twenties where I would, uh, I wish I could just like grab 18 year old me and just like shake him up a bit and just go, you should have been doing this in terms of what's it called? Like all the, all the stupid hobbies I do now. And I call them stupid because it's like it, for me, it's frivolous what pe people seem to find them interesting where like I took up forging for some reason. I took up uh, uh, craft making. I took up prop making. I took up just a number of very, very like weird, maybe obscure things here and there. And it just, I guess I kept meeting people. I kept meeting uh, other Muslims. I kept meeting, what is it? Those who would like expose me to careers I didn't really consider or I thought about doing, but it didn't seem realistic or financially feasible. And it just kept going and going and going. So by the time I had 26 or 20, maybe 25, it all came to a head. And I, I think, honestly, I think it's just exposure. Like if I was, what is it? Like if, if I was a father now and I had a child, I'd, I'd make sure he did, he, he got out, he got out all the energy he had in, in him in terms of, physical activity, mental challenges, throw him in a programming camp. I don't know. Just so by the time he's 20, 21, he's exposed to enough things where he can kind of come to similar conclusions five years earlier than I did. Yeah. Um, do you think that has something to do with your upbringing? I mean, my parents immigrated to Canada and then I was born in Canada, but my parents are from Taiwan. And with my parents, they wanted to just protect me and make me like not need to work, you know, by like financing me. And that way they were kind of clipping my wings. Like I wasn't able to be independent and do things for myself. So my concept of what was available to me was like super limited. All they wanted me to do was like go to school. And then they didn't really think of anything after that. They were like, oh, as long as you go to school, then you just have all the opportunities and then you can make your decisions. <laughs> you know, as long as, as long as we got you covered for that. And do you think that you got that where it was just like, they were more concerned about protecting you than giving you that freedom and access to grow for yourself, you know? That, that, that is too relatable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it's, uh, what's it called? Like anybody who's come to, I'm, again, I'm just going to stay to Canada. I have no idea how any other countries work in terms of experiences, but in Canada, if you're, if you came, if you're born here and your parents were, immigrants or refugees or anything, then yeah, the first and only, for the most part, from what I've noticed, the first and only real challenge that they see for you is education. And once you get those grades, once you 
get that degree, that diploma, whatever. Cool hand, I'm gonna wash my hands, job done, kind of. And now part like plan B, now we're gonna get you uh, married. And then that's kind of the be all and end all, but like I, I, I gotta give, I got honestly, I gotta give my parents credit. They, they pushed me for education to a certain degree that it definitely helped me later on. And they also pushed me for at least a couple of, of my hobbies to a degree, but yeah, it was still mostly what's it called? Kind of like, kind of like what you said. It's uh, I think like any immigrant can kind of can kind of relate to this. You want to do this very specific thing, has no immediate value in terms of education or making money or anything. So to say, can you kind of bring it up? It's like, but why? Why would you want to do these things? What, what is the point? I don't get it. Yeah, if it's not practical and logical or like has some kind of future proof thing, then no. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not going to buy you this thing. I'm not going to pay for that class. Like I don't, I personally cannot comprehend this being helpful in any real sense of the imagination. So there was definitely a lot, there was definitely that, but it, it makes sense from the, from the perspective where it's like, look, we just got here. Things are great back home. I don't see the point in this. Did you did you get a lot of support on your hobbies, or were you only allowed to do certain hobbies? Oh my God, no, no, I, I pushed for all of them. Yeah, I still do. <laughs> <laughs> like, do they, uh, do they yeah, like now. Hmm. Do they accept your hobbies now, or is kind of pushing? Okay. It's it's it, like if they ever see me with uh, what's it called, like a limp, or it's called like me stretching in a weird way. Or something, uh, they'll immediately just like blame martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, you should stop doing that. They're gonna kill you. What did what got you into martial arts? Why did you wanna get into that? Uh, so I think one was how old was I? Like maybe six, seven years old, all the way till like now still. Uh, like my, my like when I was young, my dad just popped up uh, a boxing match one day. And I loved it immediately. Just like, oh my God, this is real. People do this. This is this is great. And uh, what's it called? Like I was a super awkward kind of like scrawny kid. And there's this one fighter named Tom, uh, Thomas Hearns. And see, like for a skinny, awkward kid, seeing a skinny adult, and I mean skinny, like he he looked physically, he he looked like every generic Somali guy. And he was able to like knock guys out cold. And I was like, Oh cool. And then I immediately just kind of saw myself in him. So I was like, Oh cool. I can personally do this. So what is the male ego to you and how is that affected when you guys engage in combat? For me personally, it's my ego only goes as far as me personally. I don't, care all that much about the person in front of me like he could be he could be five foot nothing he could be he could be a four foot midget and like weigh a bucket like a like he weigh, he could weigh 80 pounds I, I don't really care it's more about can i can i personally do the things i've trained like does it work have i tested myself did i train properly did i is because i missed all those classes something uh along those lines because I guess like maybe jujitsu is great for this, but as well as like other things in my life where my ego, pers again personally, I'm not talking for anybody else. It doesn't. It doesn't really, and I feel guilty if it does affect the way I, I, I go about a challenge, and that's all. 
like if I'm sparring with somebody, if I'm if I'm like in an actual competition, I, I my ego stop, stops at the door. I don't really care until maybe afterwards or like I feel good about myself. I, I'm just going because this is difficult. All of this was hard. Nothing about this was completely enjoyable. But my God, do I love a challenge? My God, do I I want to beat you purely because I want to see if everything I've done up to, to this point was correct. Uh, okay, cool. So it's more like you wanted to apply the learnings and training that you've been doing finally to in a real life example. Because I think a lot of guys like, you know, in the club, like on the street, if they're going to pick a fight, it's more like sizing people up. And, you know, I think that's very ego driven, you know, why do guys do that? Like, look at someone and be like, oh, I can take that. They're kind of missing something. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> okay. That's probably the easiest way to put it. They're, they're missing something. There's a, uh, this, this might sound horrible and or weird. I think every person should uh, maybe, what's it called? Because I know some countries do this where kids, they're like, they're not boxing, but they're wrestling pretty actively at a, at a, at a relatively young age. So their context of violence in said country is very different. Like that weird posturing you see in say Canada or some parts of the world, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see in a place where kids have kind of been fighting either full out like fists and everything or wrestling like crazy for years and years and years because street fighting in a country like that way higher stakes and everybody has complete context for violence but in toronto it's more like throw two punches fights over and you cry when you go home or something i don't know it's uh but specifically with the guys who who try to posture who are I, I don't know, like they're, they're missing something. They're missing some sort of fulfillment. They they need some sort of gratification and just something long, like same thing with like those bullies we all remember from high school where they finally grew up and they got something. Like they, they, they got something that made them feel good. They got away from a weird, a weird situation at home. Maybe they met somebody who fixed them up. I don't, or maybe they finally found like an outlet, like a healthy outlet for their weird aggression, their self-hate, whatever it may be. It's like, if you see a full-grown man in his mid to late 20s and 30s, and he still kind of has that weird chip in his shoulder, he's missing something in his life. Yeah. Were you like that at all? Like, you know, kind of early 20s, you know, not knowing enough about what truly mattered to you? And then, like, how did you get to that wake-up call? Mostly religion and mostly figuring out what career I wanted to go through. So like without it, probably with like uh, without Islam, without going to the mosque, without talking to a couple, a couple of brothers who basically got me into volunteering and helping out with a few things where you immediately can, I don't want to say make a difference because it's cheesy, but like you're helping people and you're enjoying it at the same time. And you're trying to build something for better or worse for small or large, it was like, okay, cool. I should definitely commit myself more for nothing else than just to do more good down the road. You know what's really funny? I was I was thinking there's this quote, something similar to like, if you don't know what to do for yourself, then just do something for someone else. And, and you will find something out of that exercise. And I I was listening to this random Joe Rogan podcast episode and I really hate Joe Rogan. <laughs> His style on things. 
But um, and he was tearing apart this guy, who, this British guy who was talking about depression. And he was saying that there was a study all around the world about um, when you're depressed, I mean, it was such a generic thing to do, but go find a way to make yourself happy, whatever that was supposed to be. And they did the study around the world and basically in all parts of the world, except for North America, um, trying to make yourself happy was going out and helping other people, which was like what you said, like volunteering, doing something to help others. And that will ultimately make you feel better. And Joe Rogan, I mean, he was just playing devil's advocate here, I'm sure, but he was saying like, you know, North America, it was all about, oh, let's do some self-care. Let's go take a bubble bath. Like, this is going to make me happy. I'm going to buy something, you know? And it was all about me, me, me. And do you think it's like a regional thing about what our expectations are of like what self-work is or like what our worth is based on, depending on where we're brought up? I don't think it's regional. I think it's more uh, cultural. And I say that maybe in a broader sense because... I mean, depending how they did the polling, I didn't read that research or who they were interviewing, but America and Canada as well, it's kind of just a massive hodgepodge of multitude, multitudes of cultures. So you have anything and everything from Latin American to, to Asian to European. And yet over time, because it is that American culture that it is the North American culture where it's a little bit more again, from what I've seen, more internal than external. So yeah, it, it, it might just be like individualism versus uh, more community. So if you want to be happy, it's about you. Uh, get healthy, get better, find a cool hobby, buy, this, buy the thing you've always wanted, self-care. But, uh, and I think I, I, think I saw the, the, uh, the, that video and it was kind of funny watching Joe Rogan just kind of just like flabbergasted almost where it's like, but... I'm trying to help me. I'm trying to be happy. How would that again? Again, I think you're right. Like he's probably probably just playing devil's advocate. This is not an this is not an anecdote. It's kind of because it, this has happened in every like African, Arab, Turkic, kind of uh, Eastern European household I've ever been to, where you go in, you immediately you, you say you say hello and you and you and you exchange pleasantries with like the eldest people in the room. You say hello to the mother, you say good morning to like the father, you talk to the grandparents, you show them respect, and they feed you way more than you need. Like they, they want to do this for you. And like, if you live in that whole household, you've, see, you've seen it from another point of view where uh, somebody calls like uh, your mother or you, you let your, your father know like, hey, I have guests coming over tomorrow at this time, around this time. The first thing that your mom's going to do is start like, uh, gets in the car, drives, gets the ingredients because she's, she, now she has to make a big meal. It's, uh, it's doing for others because they, you know for a fact they will do for you. It's, I help them, but I'm helping everyone. I'm helping myself. And maybe just kind of that. Yeah. How, how big is food in your culture as a way of like, because for me, I know when my parents would call their relatives back home in Taiwan, like the first thing they'll say is like, instead of hi, how are you? They'll say, hi, did you eat yet? And, you know, it's always about like making sure that you're covered through food in that sense. Very similar actually, yes. So when I when I went, uh, when I went back to Somalia when I was very, very young and the amount of meals, though, 
those lovely people threw at me. I I'm surprised I didn't get fat. What's it called? Like so, you you sit down. Everybody's there except for like one person, and the food's still warm. They're rushing because they know for a fact that nobody's gonna eat until they get there. <laughs> Especially if they're like uh, like a little bit older or like they're the man of the house or like they're the grandmother. Like everybody's gonna wait. It's gonna be awkward. Like you you're slapping the kids' hands so they don't like try to grab something. And like you're all you're all sharing food and whatnot. There's even because we live in Toronto, so you can kind of see that at least a little bit if you go to. Uh, like a legitimate uh, Somali or West African restaurant, I believe, or Ethiopian, where it's like, if you're ordering for, I don't know, four or five people, it's just one big plate. Yeah. What do you think dating, since you're single, what do you think dating is like now, you know, 2020 pandemic version? What is it like for you? Oh, I give, I give up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, okay. uh, honestly, I haven't even tried to date in the last, I don't know how long, like, no, like two plus years now, I haven't seriously looked into it at all. I haven't tried to, like looking seriously, I, I haven't even bothered for like maybe two years now because I'm I'm more just trying to finish some extra schooling I'm doing now, finish a, a bit of like my career path. And I don't know, like maybe care more about myself before I throw like a person into my life. Okay, so when would you be ready then? Do you think like if you were going to be ready, you would just become more deliberate and like right now you're just not because you're not done figuring out yourself to a degree i mean like that's a uh, that's okay that's your most difficult question so far <laughs> <laughs> when when would you be ready uh i mean it's weird because uh like mentally and spiritually i'm, I'm probably there already it's more just being confident in my uh, what's it called financial situation because until until i finish school i'm not exactly going to be comfortable in my finances i suppose so like timing isn't really there my my wallet isn't gonna really be there i'm not gonna have the most energy for uh something like starting because even if you like you you like i'm sure everybody you you included like know this like dating is is a pretty massive drain on your emotions and your like just just like everything really because like right now school plus work plus other uh, familiar obligations plus I'm I'm trying to do like other training on the side for side gigs like if I throw like dating in there then it's like okay cool so like every Saturday Sunday I gotta meet this person doesn't go anywhere and it, that was weird try it again in a few weeks and that doesn't go anywhere. And then you just kind of keep going until you meet somebody and hopefully you meet them in the right mood. Okay. Well, I kind of think that we think of relationships as like an accidental thing, like, Oh, it'll just, it'll just show up and, and come to me somehow. Like you're just in the grocery store and then you lock eyes and fall in love or whatever the situation is. And and then you think of like, well, practically speaking, like, I don't want to go and seek out dating, you know, like go on an app and then go interview a bunch of people, and, <laughs> you know, decide on which ones are my top five and then do a regroup and continue. You know what I mean? Like it's all strategic right now. Yeah. But yeah. I'm basically looking at, at dating like a, like a spreadsheet. Yeah. I honestly, I'm, I'm too, I'm sometimes uh, too practical for my own good. It's just that. It definitely has to do with like, I think like dating overall has to do with how a person would view love. 
to a degree where like do you fall in love immediately is it over time do you believe that this person you'll grow to love so like you're building from essentially what little there is like just mutual attraction and interest and then you go from there yeah but how come you don't analytically look at your love life the same way as you are looking at like your career path your financials your work life like things that you want to learn about like wouldn't you think you know what i want to find a partner that does x y and z that will you know make me different in my understanding and interactions with women and you know my vulnerable side that i can't get by myself you know my sexual side that i can't get by myself without this person and you know visualize what that ideal scenario is and then you know build your spreadsheet and strategy around that <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right I should, I should get more data first uh <laughs> no i mean here's the thing uh one of the reasons i stopped dating seriously is because i got all that uh, to, to a degree like i'm not a genius on relate on relationships i'm a I've I've gotten perspectives. I've I've done that sp- uh, spontaneous, just like hey, put yourself out there, which oh my god, was that a headache and a half? Like I've gone through just enough experiences where I, right now, I I know what I'd be looking for to a degree. I know the kind of person I'd want to be with, and I think the the, the type of person I'd be like a healthier, better person down the road with. And now it's more just about like fixing myself up i guess is the best way to put it where you like you, you can't really you can change yourself but you can't change your core self and my core self is pretty pragmatic to a fault and even the way i talk apparently according to my friends and even the women i've dated where it's like hey maybe don't look at everything like um a fits into b equals c it's not how everything has to be and my counter argument will be like are you sure? Because it's worked for like 90% of everything so far. Like the, the way I've planned my careers, the way I've, I've, I've gone about my training for certain things, the way I've gone for uh, a number of things so far. It's like my viewpoints worked. And then, like you said, uh, you, you go out there, you, you put yourself out there, you meet people and they kind of open you up for uh, different viewpoints in life. Like I've had those experiences have definitely changed me for the better overall. But... At this point, if I don't feel like I'm going to take a person seriously because I'm, I'm not going to take it seriously. I'm doing. I feel I'd be taking, not taking them, taking advantage of them, but just doing them a disservice because why? Why start something and not finish it? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like if your intentions aren't there, right? That's not a desire for you, then absolutely not. But it sounds like. I mean, is it that you don't want a relationship, or is it just like you don't think you have time? Because, I mean, you just said that you mentally feel like you're in the right state of mind. So I don't think you would ever entertain a relationship that you don't see value in and you would actually put the effort in. Is it because you don't want to compromise your current lifestyle? To to a degree. Because, uh, so my end goal for any relationship, like any, all my serious, how do I phrase that? Like every single relationship I've taken, I've taken up has been with the express goal of I want to marry this person in like X amount of time, whatever that time frame may be. If this person is the right fit and I'm the right fit for her, great. It's then we then you go down that that rabbit hole. But right now, in terms of 
what's it called? I think the be- like my friend probably put it best where it's like in this day and age of marriage is kind of a luxury in terms of the amount of time, uh, the amount of uh, fin- uh, financial strain it may take. All of that is kind of a headache unless you're already at least a little bit established just in life overall. So your schooling's finished to a degree. You're, you, you have a definitive, what's it called? Income from whatever job or whatever you're doing and spiritually and mentally you're there great you can still improve you can still get better you can always retrain for a different career or you move into something else but you always have that one thing to fall back on the thing is with me i stopped doing the trades for a reason i don't want to go back to that like god bless it the trades got me through university but like right now i'm trying to switch into something else so i don't really i don't have that anymore so i need to get myself right before i just like Take a relationship. I'm still in school. I finished school. Relationship is a little bit rocky. Oh, cool. That that was a wrong time to start a relationship. Hindsight. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, I mean, it sounds like you put a lot of pressure on yourself for being a good man in their relationship, right? Like you don't want to involve yourself in something that you can't pursue 100% and, and give all that she might deserve, right? Yeah, cause, yeah. Cause again, like I, I've I've met fantastic women that I probably should have dated afterwards when I when I was a little bit more more mature or aware of uh, A plus B doesn't always equal equal C kind of mentality. But then at the same time, like, how much do you value a woman in your life? Because it, it seems like she's the last thing. You know, like once you get all of your shit together, you know, you get the, the job and the schooling and the money and all the things. And then like, that's, that's the end for you. That's the crown. So. How do I put it? It's, it's not so much like, oh, cool. Like this is my end goal here. It's, it's more, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to say this in a, like an incorrect way. You know what I mean? But it's, it's not that like this person is my end goal. It's not so much that like I'm finished. I've completely finished on the work that is me. Let me include a plus two here. It's, it's, uh, I'd feel like I, on one part, I'd feel like I was doing a disservice to this person if like things kick off and I don't have time, I don't have energy, I don't have resources, I can't put anything forward besides like, like a good laugh here or two. It's as a, as a guy, it's kind of embarrassing. It's, uh, I, I've seen that firsthand and it just looks off putting at best. It just sounds like you have a lot of expectations for yourself that you have to meet for her that, you know. But is that so wrong though? Because like, I don't, because I've, I've personally seen a lot of guys go into a relationship without like, like, th- like things I, I'd consider an issue personally. And then that issue be, being a core problem in that relationship. I, I've seen guys like date for a very long time with the same person and because of, of like a multitude of like financial uh, financial situations n- none of them really bad none of them crippling it's just that like a house and a car weren't in the cards just yet and a handful of them the girls stuck around she had her own thing to do and then they eventually got together maybe like 10 years like seven eight years later kudos to those couples but like that seems to be the rarity well i mean those are examples of people that haven't been able to express their intentions properly. 
So people are making assumptions, right? Like if you're saying these two people are dating in the first example, um, he might have said that he was committed, but you just said that he wasn't, you know, and then you said that she took his word for it, which means he was basically lying about his intentions and saying like, oh, well, she's going to be here then, you know, cool. But he's kind of definitely taking advantage of that situation because she's taking his word for it. So, okay, so, 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 correction. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. It's, it's, uh, I should have explained that better. I'm, I'm kind of like hodgepodging a couple of experiences, but like if I chose one specifically, one guy, I can, I don't know, I don't, thankfully, good, uh, thankfully, I don't really know his name. It's, I, I met him, nice, nice enough guy. He was in a relationship, uh, with, uh, somebody I knew. And, uh, what's it called? From, from all, from everything he was, he was saying everything right. He was there. He's he was uh, responsible. All the good stuff, and he just wasn't. I, th I th he wasn't doing it in a disingenuous way. In his mind at the time, I believe he he was. Yeah, I commit. I believe in this, but like one or two three actions probably proved that wrong. He wasn't really there because uh, you know friends groups we talk. It was like, hey, we're so and so. He's not coming again. Kind of weird. I thought you were together. And it happened enough times where we all got to see a weird kind of like breakdown of that relationship in uh, live where turns out, yeah, no, he's not really that committed. He's not there. He's not either. He wasn't emotionally mature enough or he just, he completely misunderstood what a relationship was or both parties had a different explanation of what a relationship actually was, da, 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 whatever. And it just turned into this super weird, super awkward expression of like, again, to me, eh, probably shouldn't have dated if you weren't there emotionally, if you weren't there spiritually or whatever it may be. It's like if you're lacking enough in, in enough places, dating just looks like a massive headache. A lot of it is the desire that men have to like have this wholeness or this completeness with a woman, you know, like yeah, I do want to be committed. I do want love. I do want a potential like partner, right? Like, I don't think guys go around thinking other thoughts besides that. Like everyone is searching for connection and everyone does want real love, ideally, right? So, but then I think, this is what I think, that your expectation of what you want in that relationship, you can't be that person. And then you end up, falling behind because you can't meet the expectation that you put for yourself. She didn't put that in for you. Do you think that that's like a self-destructive thing that you do to yourself? Or do you think the woman brings that out in you or has an expectation that she brings to you and you're just like, Oh shit. Like I did not expect it. That was what, like, were you surprised or is it a you thing? But yeah, because yeah, yeah. That that's kind of the trap, isn't it? In terms of, uh, you put all this work, okay, say you put all this work in yourself, you put you, you get yourself completely correct. You are success. You are, you find yourself personally successful in, in many, many ways. And now you because, because of all this, you kind of put this weird onus on the other person. So now you have this possibly insane high standard for a person especially one you want to like be with and live your life with completely. Blah, 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 blah. So yeah, you, there, there's the risk of you putting this massive onus 
on another person before you've even met them because you have this idea of uh, of, a, of what a romantic partner should be because you have a very strict and regimented idea of what, like what you should be but I, I i personally don't have that i don't have besides like a few what i would consider pretty like low ball like low-hanging fruit like easy stuff in a relationship everything else is is up for grabs it's more about i take myself seriously and i hope you do so as well yeah and wouldn't you think that if you were to find a partner like accidentally tomorrow that the whole you're in progress for the schooling and the financials like that's on track it's not like you're going to stop that track so if you were going to meet someone today like i don't think you need to have all of it before you before life happens to you you know what i mean I've had this discussion and argument with my friends too much. <laughs> Give me flashbacks to that question and family too, to a degree, because you're not wrong. Like if I meet somebody tomorrow, God willing, who knows? I can't guarantee Jack. It's, it's, uh, if something happens tomorrow, today, this afternoon, I go out and I grab groceries or something and I meet the love of my life. Well, great. Fantastic. That's, I, I couldn't be happier, but as I am now, would I actively look for another person? I, I wouldn't. Because like now I'm putting energy uh, into this. And it, it's like a headache by itself. And I'm not saying like women are a headache or something. I'm saying you, chasing a relationship could be in terms of the, the energy it would take, the, the time it would take, the, the effort I'd put in. And then I'm still in school. I still got work to do. I still have like a shift I got to go to on a Saturday and Sunday. It, it's not exactly the easiest time I'm going to have. But like once I'm finished to a degree and I start looking at that point, it's going to be the same amount of maybe stress, maybe headache, but I got time. I have energy. I have all the time in the world. I got like nothing but hobbies on my weekends to do now. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think what for me over the last bit of like the last couple months, I was really focused on just like launching the podcast and, know getting my business covid friendly and all those things that now i suddenly have the time um to kind of think about dating and i literally had to schedule it in like i'm gonna go find five dates in a month you know (laughs) and deliberately put it down because i think for the longest time i think that women don't see how much choice they have even though technically like nine times out of the 10 guys approach girls, right? And they, you know, they kind of ask for permission to date, right? It's usually that that way. Um, so in your eyes, I'm sure you think that women have all the choice, you know? No, no I, I have a couple <laughs> female friends that kind of open my eyes. That's not, that's not real. I don't yeah. believe that anymore. Yeah, because it's just like, you just get an abundance of a bunch of choices and then you just like choose the least shitty one. You know, guys, you guys guys have options. Not all of them are great. Not most of them aren't even good. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, I'm so used to whatever the options are. I just choose like the least crappy version of all the options that are given to you. Whereas (laughs) I think this is the first time that I'm like, no, I'm going to be deliberate and I'm going to like visualize the perfect man for me and then make that happen and only seek men that are like that. Oh my God. Online dating makes that even worse because 
now it is kind of super especially with covid it's really superficial where it's like oh this person looks cute and then you you maybe you read the bio and it's like the most pristine kind of explanation if there's an explanation at all and then you meet the person and it's like yeah i would like i wouldn't talk to you if this if we met like at a at somewhere <laughs> no, no matter what no matter who you are i think dating is weird and now i'm getting the sense that cuz i i made a lot a lot of friends in the last i'm going to say couple uh like maybe 3 years who aren't from uh Toronto or Canada in general and i think the dating scene in Toronto is kind of broken yeah i definitely think Toronto's a different vibe for sure and there is a lot of like you were saying the lack of something something is missing like those guys that are fighting in the clubs and stuff like that like there's a it's more about what you look like than what you actually are Yeah, looks are pretty much the uh I, I don't know, like that, that's uh like if you if you if you if you look good, cool. If you don't, hope to god you have a personality. I mean, it like that's the kind of that's the joke where it's like you, you better have both. There's a there's a lot of beautiful women who have like nothing to say and like they're single for a reason. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's it's tough because we are exposed to so much of what the media tells us is important to look at you know and again i think that's another example of we only choose between the cards that are dealt with us you know those that those are the only concepts of beauty whereas if you went to all different parts of the world that idea of beauty would be very different yeah actually yeah true i mean uh not just beauty but the what would con- what would be considered a desirable trait in another human being is exactly. could be yeah. pretty different especially culture to culture or being from the same culture being from a different culture being from like as like the same stratosphere of of a culture it can help you but like if like if you if you're from if you're like a polish person you 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 try and marry somebody from uh what's it called like like peru or or, or whatever it's possible god bless you have fun there might be a hill to cross is all i'm saying so would you naturally want to date within your own culture or out of your culture if they're muslim i'm good is that like a a deal breaker like she has to be muslim with you oh yeah absolutely yeah there's a, there's a, there's a lot of things i i do in my life that if they weren't muslim would be a, a headache and a half minimum <laughs> headache and a half okay that makes sense though for sure cuz now you don't have to train someone up basically that yeah basically and, and then there's also like I, i don't know i don't know if you'd feel this way as well because like you said like you're uh like you're born into canada you're you're the child of, of an immigrant so like there's certain cultural realities i'll say and uh, maybe religious ideas or specific viewpoints on on life in general that if you marry somebody from the same culture or at least a very at minimum at the very least a very similar culture and same religion then out of the gate immediately you know for sure that like 80% of who you are is kind of already explained you know what i mean yeah absolutely like it's you don't have to without saying it just already goes and i think we ignore a lot of that you know like the stuff that goes without saying yeah yeah exactly like you, you like there's a uh, the the amount of thing the amount of things in and everybody everybody does this where it's your it's your culture there's so many things you take for granted until maybe you befriend somebody from another culture 
or you meet somebody from a different religion or you marry somebody with who's completely different from you in every aspect where it's like you do that why how does this work is that is that what you guys call it da, 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 da. <laughs> okay yeah it's it's so weird you know just so different everyone's um perceptions of things that shape their perspectives no absolutely yeah it, it but like Going back to what you said, though, like the the work in progress thing, that's kind of me right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think you're right. Like, if you are a work in progress, then stay working on your progress. You know what I mean? I hate it when people, like you said, you know, seek comfort in others because they don't want to do the work on themselves. They're hoping that the other person's going to do it for them. You know, if you feel bad, that uh, that other person's going to make you feel better. You know. And that just puts you even further back on your self journey. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of like people, men or women for whom dating is, I don't know, a comfort or a distraction, both something else entirely, but it's not a positive on their life. Even if the other person is great, even if the, if the other person is a world's greatest cheerleader for your life, you're kind of doing yourself a disservice again, in, in my eyes, because and at no point in at no point in this in that relationship uh, would you be improving. You're just you're still going about the same things you're doing beforehand and afterwards. Whenever that relationship eventually just uh, spirals and burns. Exactly, and like it, it's not real growth. It's just delaying of more pain, you know. And then now you have the added guilt of hurting someone else on top of it that didn't need to be there. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know what's worse. I don't know what would be worse, being uncomfortable with being alone for a long time or being uncomfortable with, like, be, like being with a, with a person you don't like for a long time just because you get to be with somebody. Yeah, and I think we should be uncomfortable alone. Like, that's part of the process. So, I mean... Uncomfortable, uh, uncomfortable alone? Yeah, like, you should get comfortable with the discomfort of being alone. You know, like, the feeling of being lonely and then realizing that that's just a concept in your head that you're not really lonely that you just need to find wholeness in yourself and you know once you figure that out then you then you can share that wholeness with others yeah the, the but the the trap is like if you get too comfortable with it then it's uh like it <laughs> yeah i think that's where i got to i was like oh shit like i'm too comfortable here and i and i'm so whole like i'm bursting with love oh my god yeah like, it, i just want to give it away now <laughs> Yeah, like uh, you, you're probably like a little bit too down the the rabbit hole if you can picture yourself a loaded forty and still be comfortable with that image. Exactly. Yeah, that's a little bit like too comfortable. Which... The only fear I have is like if I start dating in like three years again or whatever. I'm just like random number amount of years. Like I'm not I'm not I'm not too jaded and like comfy with like being alone. There's a lot. Um, I want to wrap up with two questions. So. I mean, we talked about a lot of things, but what um, what negative thoughts do your female friends have about themselves that you wish you could change? Honestly, because uh, I, I don't have too many female friends, but if, if I had to think of a, a throwaway for something like that, maybe I don't think I've ever like verbalized this, so it's, it's a little bit weird. Uh, something along the, along the lines of not. God, this is this is weird. Hmm. Simply not viewing their how do you put it? I'm gonna I'm gonna like misword things here. I, I'm not trying to be a prick, but like 
viewing viewing the what they bring to the table or or like self worth in a dating aspect as uh, what's it called? And I'm sure guys do this to to a degree, but like I've, the men in my life who, who who who've been negative about I don't bring this to the table for for dating. Literally one conversation, they never brought it up again. Like they got over it, or they they they're aware of it. But like I've noticed that uh, with uh, the the women I've dealt with, it's more about like a constant negative feeling about not being enough for a set person. And I I I, I was I don't know if it's about the, that person saying something and and bring that up in you, or if it's. A, a weird upbringing or something like that but i guess never i apologize like this is I, i've never verbalized these thoughts i've maybe had them once or twice and that's it but just like a negative view on themselves when they're dating and so, when they're dating somebody or about to marry somebody who they perceive as uh what's it called like a little bit above their league is i, I guess how i would describe that and just having the weirdest, like, uh, like negative, negative things to say about themselves, because for some reason they gotta, like, if this person's so good, I gotta, I gotta feel like shit or something. The last one is, out of everything that we've been talking about so far, what topics jumped at you the most that you would like me to invite another man to talk about further in another episode? Oh, okay. I'm gonna be completely selfish. Okay. Uh, uh, find somebody to talk, to talk about like dating. Uh, somebody during and after uh, considering yourself a, a work in progress. Okay. <laughs> that, that's what, that, that's going to be pretty relevant to me <laughs> very soon. I feel like the last few episodes showed various forms of the avoidant attachment type, which is someone that prioritizes being independent and stays away from getting too close to people. Sound familiar? But this man in particular seems very fearful of being a disappointment to his partner. Does this resonate with you? Let me know. And as always, if you'd like to be on the show or know someone with a unique perspective, slide into my DMs at Miss Amanda Chen on Instagram and see you next Wednesday with some more episodes of A Hundred Masked Men. Bye for now.